Everywhere our kids turn these days, they're seeing examples of bad behavior, not just in other kids, but in adults as well. And in too many cases, this bad behavior is not only being met with virtually no consequences, but in the eyes of many kids, it's often actually perceived as paying off. While music videos and TV sitcoms and Hollywood movies too often portray kids as having equal rights and authority and wit as their adult counterparts, we're now seeing similar behaviors being played out in real life as well. We're seeing it in our school systems, on social media, in our government, at sporting events, in the grocery stores, and in other public places, and sadly, too often, even in our churches. Even younger kids don't seem to respect or mind their parents like they used to. We'll take a look into the contributing factors and what we as Christian parents need to do to pass on our values to our kids in just a moment. Making your kids mind without losing yours. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis and for their families. And Trace, it does seem like just about everybody you talk to these days has what I guess we can now refer to as a Walmart story. <laughs> right. I'm not talking about the discounts on aisle six. I'm I'm talking about kids behaving badly and their parents doing their best to maintain their own sanity and dignity, but you know, not necessarily doing much for their kids. And fortunately, that without a security guard looking on to see if they can get their name in the paper for saving someone from someone and. I, I think you may remember the story I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But th- this is a bad situation, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what's happened, but you know, our question today is, what do we need to do about it? Yeah, well, that's what we're going to find out here in a few minutes. Uh, I have a few of those Walmart stories myself, and, and, and this is certainly not to slam Walmart. Uh, you've already mentioned some of the other venues where uh, kids have been seen acting out and not minding their parents, uh, or other authority figures for that matter. In fact, it seems that the news is now reporting uh, regularly instances of kids cussing out, flipping off, and even physically assaulting their teachers in the public school system with uh, little to no appropriate consequences, no less. Uh, but the thing that I just can't understand is, is you know, when, when kids get in trouble at school today, in too many cases, the parents are just way too quick to put the teachers on the hot seat instead of junior. Uh, it used to be when you got in trouble at school uh, that you were you were going to get trouble at home too. Um, I, I was just in a doctor's office recently when uh, I was overhearing a conversation between two retired public school teachers, and uh, both of them were uh, moaning the blues about the incredible changes in today's kids compared to just a few years ago. Uh, they wanted to talk about the, uh, how happy they were to have gotten out in time with their sanity, or in some cases, their lives. And I'm not kidding. Things are really messed up today. I remember when I was in eighth grade, I got into a little tussle with a friend of mine, and it wasn't a real fight, but the principal who observed observed it, uh, thought it was, and he grabbed, uh, you know, he took his 250-pound frame and grabbed us by the scruff of the neck, drug us in and the principal's office and said, okay, gentlemen, it's three days or five swats. Well, that was a, that was a no-brainer. I mean, we're taking the five swats because three days would have been would have meant 55 swats when I got home, you know. And, and I know our parents' generation, you know, they get accused of being too authoritarian, and, and they probably were, but... Most kids did what their parents told them back then. Uh, uh, they minded them, at least in their presence anyway. Uh, hopefully today's guest will help us figure out how we can get our kids to mind us, not only in our presence, but in our absence as well. You know, you know, one thing that your story reminds me of is the fact that we are to have a fear of God. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it means that we are to be 
quaking and scared all right. the time because we have a loving Heavenly Father. But it is sort of that same thing that I think our parents evoke from us. I know my parents love me, but I also know that they may tear up my backside if I get out of line. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that fear is really more of a fear of letting them down. But I do think uh, the fear of God means the fear of God, too, because yeah. you know, he can uh, exercise uh, some consequences himself. Yeah, C.S. Lewis talked about Aslan the lion, you know, is he is he safe? No, but he is good. That's right. So there you go. Well, that's, let, that's let me it. introduce uh, our miracle worker today, the, the man who hopefully is going to put things together and help us figure out how to sort all this out. His name is Kevin Lehman. Dr. Lehman is an internationally known psychologist, also a New York Times bestselling author of more than 50 books, including The Birth Order Book and Have a New Kid by Friday. I love that title. His new book, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours, is actually a completely updated and expanded version of a book that came out a number of years ago. It's for a, a whole new generation of parents. The previous edition, by the way, sold more than one million copies. Uh, Dr. Lehman and his wife, Sandy, live in Arizona, and they've got five kids and four grandchildren at last count. There you go. Well, Dr. Lehman, welcome back to License of Parent. Great to have you on again. Hey, glad to be back. Thanks for having me. We'll try to straighten this out a little bit. Um, <laughs> Let's Amen. start uh, our conversation with the word authority, because very few people really understand it. And for your listeners to be able to frame what I'm going to share with you today, they have to understand that that God is not an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't believe that, just turn the radio off right now, turn the podcast off, whatever, because you're not going to believe a thing I say. <laughs> but God is not an authoritarian. He does not grab us by the scruff of the neck, does not twist our earlobe, does not say you will do this, you will do that. In fact, his holy word says something very different. It says every knee shall what? Shall bow. So God is the supreme authority, not an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. And if you look at parents today, I sort of do, uh, divide them up in three areas. We've got the traditional authoritarian parent who's always been and is still around, especially in the church. And then you've got the permissive parents who can't stand the thought of their children not uh, doing well in life. They snowplow the roads of life for them. Mm-hmm. Hey, would you kids turn that music down a minute? I'm trying to finish your science project for you. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, Brittany, it's 8 o'clock. Have you chosen to go to bed yet? Well, my dad was of the authoritarian brand, and he would say, hey, Kevin. And he'd point with his index finger toward the bedroom, and he'd say, 8 o'clock. And that meant you moved. Absolutely. Now, if he didn't move, he'd come back with, hey, you want to go to bed under your own power? You want to be ricocheted to bed? But the point is what? You're going to bed. Yeah. yeah. So what I want parents to think about is either extreme, either being too authoritarian or too permissive. Oh, Dr. Lehman, Ralph and I feel very strongly about this. We've enrolled Melissa in non-competitive soccer because we believe every child should be a winner. Right. Oh, let me get my barf bag out. <laughs> um, so, again, either extreme sows rebellion in a kid's heart. So the idea of being in authority over your children without being an authoritarian is tough for many parents to pull off. Sure. But if you pull it off, you get great results, as many people have testified who've read Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. 
Is is one of those two uh, scenarios that you just painted more dangerous to the child than the other? I know you're going to bring up your third, which I presume rectifies all that. But uh, uh, if we find ourselves leaning more one way than the other, is is one way more or less destructive? Well, it it, it would seem so. It would seem like um, the too authoritarian is more destructive, but. In reality, I don't think so. I think kids get very angry and upset when parents don't draw firm expectations. No, I think you're right. In terms of getting kids to behave, to get their attention, for example, if a kid doesn't clean his room, most parents remind, coax, bribe. No, no sense in doing that. 12-year-old doesn't clean his room. It's supposed to be cleaned. And cleaning is shoveling it out on Tuesdays and Saturdays right. so we could at least see the floor. I'm not into perfection. But when it's not done, without any fanfare, the smart parent would hire 10-year-old daughter to go in and clean 12-year-old's room, paying for it, of course, out of 12-year-old's allowance. There you go. And he'll catch on real quick. And what I try to do is keep parents out of this constant battle zone with their kids because fighting is an act of cooperation. And just like it is for us as married people, yeah. if you want to escalate the battle, you know exactly what to say to your wife or your husband. But that, it's oh, cool. honey, honey, you go ahead and play golf. I'll just stay home here with your mother. Right. Well, fighting is a cooperation uh, until one gets the better. <laughs> it's no longer cooperation. But, you know, people don't believe me uh, when I tell them that kids tell me all the time they hate their mom, they hate their dad. Well, why, Junior? They never tell me no. Well, especially once they hit the hormone group and get a little weird on you. <laughs> and uh, kids are asking them to do things. Why don't you go to this event or that event? Lots of times a kid is really relieved when his parent says, no, I can't go, because yeah. now he goes to the peer group and he says, well, mom and dad won't let me go. Mm -hmm. So it's on them. So yeah. that balance of vitamin N, which is no, and vitamin E, which is encouragement, is the pathway, I think, to get to what St. Paul told us when he said, children obey your parents is the right thing to do because God has placed them in authority over you. And I love that word authority. And mm -hmm. if you look around the country today, people hate the word authority. Right. They have bumper stickers that say question authority. But that midpoint is achieved by vitamin E encouragement. Now, not praise. Mm -hmm. Now, in making children mind, and if you're a traditional parent, you'll read this and you'll say, I wonder if that's a misprint where it says praise is destructive with children. No, I agree with you. Yeah, if you want to praise something, praise Almighty God, he's worthy of your praise. There you go. But your kid isn't. But encouragement, and let me just give you an example of that so your listeners can track with us. Report card comes home. It's got five A's on it. And traditional parent says, oh, five A's, I am so proud of you. I'm calling Grandma and Aunt Martha right now. Oh, I, your father is going to be so excited. Oh, Mommy loves you so much. Here's three kisses, and here's $20 bill. Now, there's your typical parent. And some people say, hey, Lehman, what's wrong with that? The kid got five A's. Well, I'm glad he got five A's, but let me give you the encouraging way to handle that. Wow, five A's. That's got to make you feel real great inside. It looks like all that hard work you did really paid off, honey. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Fist bump. 
and you just saved yourself 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, in other words, the takeaway, the vitamin E, uh, I've written books on that highlight how we talk to kids changes our relationship with them, how we talk to our wife or our husband. I mean, husbands. I don't know if you two are both husbands or not, but yes. you, oh, yeah. you know, us men, we hate questions. <laughs> we hate the Y word. The worst thing can happen to us is a wife to say, honey, we need to talk. I mean, <laughs> that's a killer right there. Uh-oh, what I do? I'm in trouble. Now. Well, I got news for you. What do we do with kids? We pepper them with questions. How was your date today at school, honey? Fine. What would you do in school today? Nothing. And then your kid goes to his bedroom takes his cell phone, texts his buddies like a woodpecker that's got ADHD, and progressively shuts you out of his life. Hmm. And all I'm saying is that there's better ways of handling those mundane situations. Saying to a kid, can I ask your opinion, is so much better than asking a question. Most kids will venture out and give you an opinion, as will a husband when a wife says, honey, I'd like your opinion about something. And you learn something about Junior, too, when you do that. Yeah. It opens lines of communications. And again, keep in mind, parents, that your kids actually want to please you. Yep. Well, you know, you you talked about the three different uh, uh, parenting approaches. I don't know if we actually delved into what, what authoritative uh, parenting uh, was... Uh, yeah, we got the two extremes, but we yeah. haven't brought it back to the middle yet. Yeah, t- t- tell us the, the merits of authoritative parenting specifically. Well, authoritative parents understand that God didn't put you on this earth to be run over by your children. Let's take the 17-year-old who's six foot two, and he says to his dad, get off my case, get out of my life, chill, man, don't have such a big deal about it, don't have a cow, man. Well, okay, same kid, hour, 20 minutes later. Dad, yeah. Hey, can I take the car? I want to go to Jake's house and shoot some hoops. Yeah. Well, I'd love to help you, son, but right now I'm uh, out of your life. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the reality <laughs> discipline that I write about that says let the reality of the situation become the teacher to the child. So you just can't run over me and then expect me to fork over the car keys to you. For the 14-year-old smart-mouthed young woman who's had an attitude all day, hasn't been nice to her brother and sister, has been snarky to you, and then, hey, Mom, yeah, sweetheart, would you run me over the mall? I'm going to meet my friends there. No, honey, I don't feel like driving anywhere right now. There you go. And let the kid dig it out. Mm -hmm. Let the kid figure out, you know, Mom, what's going on? You always drive me. I mean, let her work for it. And then tell her straight out that, hey, I don't like the way you talk to me. I didn't like your attitude with your brother or your sister. And so you build in that con- that consequence in such a way is it's not confrontational. You're not yelling and screaming at your kid. You don't beat yourself up because of guilt. You let the reality of the situation become the teacher to the child. And when that reality uh, sinks into Junior's head and his six-foot, 200-pound frame uh, slams against the wall with a pointy fist that goes through your drywall. What, what's what's the next move? Well, if you're talking about violence in the home, kids need to understand that violence today, and parents certainly understand it, there's a severe consequence. And if that means as a parent you have to call 911 and you have to have your kid face the realities, but again, and you guys are aware of this, I know, once you get the authorities involved... 
you just have to understand that you don't have an awful lot of rights as a parent yeah, in today's true. society. Yeah. So you have to be very careful about how you push those buttons. Well, one of the, you know, I... I teach parenting seminars regularly, and one of the questions I ask parents, all, what's your biggest fear in raising your kids today? And the common number one answer is going to jail for exercising discipline on my kids. And Yeah, it's well, a, that's true. It's Depending upon where you live, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful about how you administer discipline. I think the discipline that works best is certainly not physical. The best discipline is is hitting kids with a car, not at 45 miles an hour, please, <laughs> and in the wallet and with the cell phone. Mm-hmm. And again, the cell phone, I call it the new Goliath. Yeah. Parents are so, I'll use a clinical term, nuts, yeah. that uh, they give cell phones to second graders today. It's crazy. Well, but the problem is parents today are going to have to take the lead as Christians and say, listen, we really need to rethink this. I'm, yeah, Junior's going to get a smartphone at, at his school if he goes to public school or, or even Christian school for that matter. Uh, but you know what? If he sees this or that or the other, then let him see it on someone else's because when he's 35 years old, I don't want him coming back and saying, what were you thinking, Mom, by giving me this thing? So I, I think if we, if we can take the lead on this and convince our friends and neighbors to get involved with this, maybe we can start an abolitionist movement uh, in, in the whole smartphone thing. Anyway, we, it, when, when talking about uh, uh, the authoritative approach, in light of Proverbs 22, 6, uh, do you think there could be any merit in, in maybe leaning to the left or to the right of, a, of a authoritative center, quote-unquote, depending on the bent or the wiring of the particular child? Um, in other words, uh, could a twins of either one of the other two, the permissive or the uh, authoritarian parenting approaches, uh, ever ever be a plus for a kid if exercised with wisdom, discretion, and discernment? Well, I think it's interesting. We love that scripture, of Proverbs twenty two six. Mm-hmm. You know, train up. Well, my observation is that very few parents train up children. That's exactly right. Most of them train down children. Mm-hmm. Uh, a simple. Example, mom has got a 9-year-old and 11-year-old with her, and she's going into the supermarket. And before she goes in, I mean, she's learned a few things. She's been a parent now for 11 years. She turns to the kids and says, all right, now listen up. No running around, no fooling around, don't wander off from me, and don't ask for a thing because the answer is no. I need to get in here and get a few things. Your father's going to be home here in a few minutes. we got to get dinner going. Okay, perfect. Now, what have you just told the kid? I expect you to misbehave. As soon as mom grabs a cart, the kids take off. Mm. There she is 10 minutes later, and on the conveyor belt, she cannot believe her eyes. M&M's, plain and peanut. Yeah, right at eye level. And now she's going to clean their clock, okay, right there. And she looks up, and the, and the next line is the pastor and his wife. Oh, hi, pastor. How are you? Oh, good to see you, Dorothy, too. All right. All right. But then there's no more candy for life. Do you understand me? No more candy for life. So yeah. we cave. We say one thing, do another. And then, okay, so train up a child in the way he should go doesn't mean the way you think he should go. Right. Now, if you believe that, you need to go talk to a Bible teacher. Right. And that piece- really says... You know, how God would have your child go. Now, yeah. I'm the guy that wrote the birth order book, and I'm telling you, the firstborn hangs a left, 
The second born's going to hang right. right. You got two different kids. Right. We got to take a break here. We're talking today with Dr. Kevin Lehman, a psychologist and a New York Times best-selling author of more than fifty books, including the newly revised "Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours." You'll find that book online, by the way, at drlehman.com. That's D-R-L-E-M-A-N.com. This is Licensed to Parent, back with more conversation right after this. The world of digital technology is always changing, and it's changing you if you're comfortable with technology or not. Your kids may take technology almost completely for granted and rarely notice its effects. On the other hand, you may adapt to technology more slowly, but are affected by the digital invasion just as much as your kids. In the book, The Digital Invasion, How Technology is Shaping You and Your Relationships, authors Dr. Archibald Hart and Sylvia Hart-Fried uncover the ways digital technology is changing us from within, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually, and offers therapeutic and biblical strategies to become good stewards of our digital lives. The Digital Invasion also includes 10 pages featuring Trace Embry of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Find The Digital Invasion in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherd's Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, working with teens in crisis and with their families and working with you. We hope to make you a more intentional parent. And we continue our conversation with Dr. Kevin Lehman talking about how to make your children mind, and according to the title of his book, Without Losing Your Mind. Uh, by the way, again, you can find his book online at drlehman.com, and we'll give you more information about connecting with him at the end of the program. Dr. Lehman, we, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the relationship between the parent and the child and how much we've done wrong uh, inadvertently or unknowingly, but uh, I, I want to talk briefly about respect, and we get this question a lot about you know, do I as a parent have to earn the respect of my child or am I do that respect? Should my child give me that respect just by virtue of the fact that I'm the parent? Well, I think, quite frankly, you earn your stripes as a parent. Okay. I can tell you as a dad of five kids that there were times when I made a fool of myself. I ran over my kids' feelings for one thing or another. And I remember one poignant Saturday morning when my 11-year-old daughter and I got into it and I was going to show her who the boss was, and 
I sort of took the authoritarian bull by the horns and told her on no uncertain terms what I thought. And she looked up at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, do you know what you ought to do? And show you how stupid I am, gentlemen. I said, what? what? <laughs> and she said, you ought to read your own book. <laughs> that one hurt. But, you know, I apologize to Holly, who now has 21 schools reporting to her, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for the history buffs that might be listening, here's a question for you. Would Richard Nixon be driven from office if he would have went to the American people and said, boy, you're not going to believe the stupid thing I did. I erased those tapes. Right, right. You know, I don't think he would have been driven from office. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is a two-way street. And when we, when we ask for forgiveness from our own children for our own indiscretions, I don't think you ever look bigger in the kid's eyes in that moment. So, parent, remember, you know, you're, you're an authority, but you're not the authoritarian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the title of your book, Making Your Kids Mind Without Losing Yours. Uh, these days, however, making our kids do much of anything seems to be a dying and politically incorrect phenomenon. Uh, to, to some parents, maybe even taboo, but why do parents seem to be so afraid to make their kids do what they need to do today? Well, you know, it's an interesting title. I've said publicly many times, you can't make a child mind, but you can set up circumstances in such a way that a kid figures out, you know what, I'm better off to go with the flow here than I am to deal with these consequences of me not doing it. Mm -hmm. And so that gets into, you know, sort of shaping your kid. And kids are different. I mean, some kids are just wired. Our oldest daughter, I always say the firstborn's a lab rat of the family. <laughs> but I remember conversations with my sweet wife like this. Honey, you wake up Holly. No, I'm waking her up. I woke her up yesterday. Your turn. Because that was a kid that she woke up fighting. She just I was a hard person to get up in the morning. She needed time by herself. And as young parents, we figured that out. But do you make kids mind? No, it's a great title, making children mind. We all want kids to go with the flow. And then without losing yours is a, a good follow-up. Sure. Parents, you know, you got to finesse these things and you have to speak the truth in love and you have to be tough and you got to be tender. And that's a wonderful combination, tough mm -hmm. and tender. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if this parenting thing doesn't work out for you, voiceover for Focus on the Family, uh, you know, one of their cartoons, hey, you, you got a, uh, a future there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> These are good words to wrap the program up on today. I think our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Dr. Kevin Lehman, psychologist, New York Times bestselling author. And uh, the book we've been discussing today is uh, Newly Revised, Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. Again, you'll find that book online at drlehman.com. That's spelled D-R-L-E-M-A-N.com. And if you'd like to see his interactive site, go to birtherder.com, and uh, you'll find lots more about him and the other work that he's been doing. Dr. Lehman, thanks so much for carving some time out for us today. Hey, you're welcome. And that does wrap up another edition of Licensed to Parent. Remember, you can find us online at licensedtoparent.org. And remember, too, that the work we do here on Licensed to Parent is merely an extension of the work done every day inside the gates of Shepherd's Hill Academy. 
You can help that work continue through your own tax-deductible gift that keeps this radio program on the air and also provides scholarships to families who can't afford residential care like the care that we provide at Shepherd's Hill. You can give securely online when you visit LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate button. Again, that's LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.